0: Hey guys, um, can you subtweet on a podcast? Like, does that, is that a thing? Or, uh, I mean, I don't even know what you would call that. Anyway, that's, uh, that's what this is going to be about. I'm going to talk about cafeteria Mormonism today. Hey guys, it's uh, Friday morning. And, um, having a good day so far, Remy woke up early, our little baby, so I mean that makes it uh you know I'm feeling a little spry' Is that <laughs> it's such an old man word to use. I don't know why that came to my mind anyway um I posted something yes, was it yesterday, yeah, yesterday. On both my Facebook and my Instagram accounts and uh man, love the responses's been i people think i don't <laughs> I don't actually get mad when people respond to me the way that they do um i I'm actually f- fascinated i'm like wow that's that's how you think okay like it, it helps me. It's just kind of intriguing to me. I don't. I don't really know what else to say other than the way that people think. And so I've, I've actually. I hate Facebook. I think it's a terrible organization. I think Mark Zuckerberg is a piece of crap. I mean, look, remember, guys, I truly believe that everybody's core is good. So at his core, he's good. But I believe he's doing terrible things. OK, so I don't think he's a bad human. I just think he's doing terrible human things. But it's beside the point. And it also makes me sad that Instagram is owned by Facebook because I'm always on Instagram. But I haven't gone on Facebook for like years. That is just like a hellscape of like conservative, Republican, super Faithful in quotes, Mormon uh, lingo, Mormon conversation. It it is a place that I have not wanted to be for a long time, but uh, recently I've, you know, I've just wanted to see. Honestly, it's kind of been in some ways like a a social experiment where I'm I'm trying to understand how people think and how they think the way that they do, and uh, and why they think the way that they do. And so I've actually posted some things and. To be honest, I don't think they're controversial. I mean, how about this? I know that they're controversial for some. I could say or post a lot more controversial, hateful, harmful, whatever type stuff, but um, I haven't. What I've done is I've just kind of gone on and and I've not said a lot. I've just kind of said maybe a little thought, posted an article, and just kind of see the thinking of people. And it has been uh, quite the... (laughs) a thing to watch. We, at a minimum, this has been one of my major takeaways from this. I imagine this being the exact response that you, one would get if they said, hey, the church needs to be maybe a little bit better at apologizing for its past and racism. Like if somebody said that in the Sunday school class, the responses that I get, that I got and still get on my Facebook I really think are almost identical to what I would receive on uh, in, in Sunday school. And so I think, huh, you know, going to church is already hard enough for so many reasons. But you want me to go because you need me. Okay, that's fine. Like, you can say that. So are you going to let me say my thoughts? Yeah, you can share whatever you want. Okay, so let me share the maybe the most tame thought I could come up with, which is the church was racist in its past and we need to repent and be better, and people lose their minds, right? They're just like, no! Ah! And I just think that's exactly what Sunday school would feel like. And then my next thought is, so why would I go? What, what, do I, what do I get out of going to Sunday school? I share my thoughts and get ridiculed for them. Well, a couple people were benefited. And I'm like, look, I, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an admirable reason. But to do that every single week can become extremely draining. And not only that, but you you know how it is. If I become that one guy, it's like that one-note piano. There's like a picture where it's literally just like one key, and that person's just playing the one key over and over and over. That's, that's how people would begin to view me. And so it basically just shows like, People don't want Mormons that think differently to go to church. They say it, but in, in practice they don't because you see how people respond on Facebook. And that's, that sounds so stupid, but that's the truth, right? That's, that's where you get people's thoughts where they, they think there are no consequences. So maybe they wouldn't say it in person. Maybe what they would do is they would uh, they would just think it in their minds and then gossip about you behind your back. That, that seems maybe more Mormon to me. But anyway, that's, that's all kind of a little background to this. But the truth is, is that I, um, I actually posted something yesterday. So Patrick Mason is like one of the leading scholars in Mormonism. Uh, there's like a couple of, of Mormon thinkers that I actually don't hate um, because they, they don't just bow to the ring of church leaders. Uh, I mean, they still do, but they don't do it to the same extent. You know, and uh, that includes Terrell and Fiona Givens, especially Fiona. I just admire them. I, I I still look up to them. I don't necessarily agree with all of their conclusions, but their thinking is really, um, it's been really inspirational and, and an important part of my my journey. Um, yeah, Spencer Fluman, who's the director of the of the Maxwell Institute, which is like quote unquote most progressive uh, entity. At BYU, uh, when it comes to religion, and, and I think he's doing as good of a job as he can do, uh, quote, defending the church while also trying to make space for people who who think differently. And then, um, and then Patrick Mason, he's he's on the outside of that for me. He's he has way more of a quote again quote faithful approach, um, which isn't necessarily bad. His voice just doesn't speak like one who has direct experience with doubt or struggle or questions his is one of well this is what you should do as a good disciple which is which again is super admirable uh his his voice just doesn't speak to me as deeply as those other two especially the givens Um, but i guess i'll just say he he was teaching at claremont graduate university in california Uh, he was doing mormon studies there and then he just got offered the 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 chair, I don't even know, what does a chair really mean? I should look it up one time, um, sometime at, anyway, he's the chair of like religious Mormon studies or something at Utah state now. So, I mean, he, he, that's like a pretty, uh, important role. Uh, You know, obviously he's here in Utah. It's a state school. So he's able to kind of do some research that BYU wouldn't allow because they're, they're really just trying to make the church look as good as possible in, in many ways. Um, but he just tweeted something. To me, it was so just like basic. But I, I obviously I thought there was some sort of uh, you know teeth to it because I I think it's interesting and I I obviously thought there was enough to it where I could maybe repost it and kind of get some people thinking. But the the tweet was su- was super simple. Let me let me see if I can pull it up real quick. He just said, if you're a Latter Day Saint. Living in Utah, who refuses to wear a mask, right? He's talking about coronavirus, and I'll explain why he makes that caveat of Latter day Saint in Utah. You never again get to criticize liberals for being, quote, cafeteria Mormons with selective obedience. So maybe I'll break down what he means. I I feel like most of you that are listening to this are young and and understand what he means. Some people seem to struggle with that that were maybe a little bit older, but. Let me break down what he's talking about and then I'll tell you about the reaction and then I'll maybe give you some thoughts. So first off, he says Latter-day Saints in Utah because the area presidency, which the way that the church is broken up, it, it has a, you know, the, the Quorum of the Twelve or, you know, often called the the Quorum of the Fifteen, right? Because it's not actually 12 people, there's 15, which hilariously we say it's the same church as Jesus' church. I'm like, oh, really? Did Jesus have 15? Because pretty sure you guys do anyway um, he has 15 the, the quorum of the 15 and then underneath that is this there's a presidency of the 70 and there's there's way more than 70 now right but they have this this uh, these general authorities general authority 70s and each area of the church is broken up geographically in different ways and they uh, they form a present they have different members of that 70 that form a presidency. And the Utah area presidency, so the, the three members of the 70 that are in charge of the state of Utah, which is, has its own area because there's so many dang Mormons here. But that presidency sent out a, um, a letter or an email to church members and said, hey, if you're a member of the church, we'd like you to please wear a mask. Uh, in public and in meetings, you've done so good wearing it at meetings, but now we're asking you to do it in, in public too. And as you can see, if you're living in Utah, nobody's doing that. It's not, I mean, not nobody. Okay. Like I'm speaking in, in generalities here, but come on, you, it's, it is 82% plus Mormon in Utah County. And there is no way on earth that 82% plus people are wearing masks. Just go outside, go to any store, okay? Except for like Costco and now Walmart because Walmart made them too. And anyway, I, it's evident that people aren't following this. So this is maybe beside the point, although I will say, if you call yourself a Christian person, which Mormons do, right? The whole thing recently has been, say the full name of the church because we follow Jesus. like, okay, that's cool. Like we'll, we'll say the full name of the church, when you actually start looking like Jesus, but <laughs> sorry, but the idea is that if you're a Christian, the whole life of Jesus was to be inconvenienced. He gave up his uh, privilege, his comfort, to help people who were negatively affected and and marginalized etc. He gave up all of those things so that they could feel more safe, more whole, more welcome, more comforted, more taken care of. That's the message of Jesus, one of the messages of Jesus. Well, Christian people and Mormon people, because I do think in so many ways they're separate, even though the name of the church says Jesus, it doesn't mean that you follow Christian tenets. And even though you worship Jesus, it doesn't mean that you are doing what other Christians would do, but again, beside the point. But these people should be living that. Wearing a piece of cloth over your mouth is really not an inconvenience. I mean, if it is, it's so minor, right? Especially for Mormon people who wear garments that are cloth covering their bodies all day, right? Like, a mask is just so not even as intrusive as that at all. So, I guess... The point that I'm making is if anyone should be comfortable wearing a piece of cloth to, for protection, it should be Mormons. Now, a lot of people will pull up, you know, different, try to pull up different stats. I mean, it seems pretty well documented, at least currently, that masks are even possibly beneficial. Okay? And the inconvenience is so minor that it really shouldn't matter, right? Like, it, it really, it's like, okay, fine. Even if it doesn't work, you're still wearing a mask. Like, we grew up in Torrance, California, me and Rachel, my wife. And we grew up, like, around a ton of Asian people who we love. And people were wearing masks all the time. That was in 2000, I mean, all my entire upbringing, right? I left there in 2009, 2008. And so people have been doing that for a long time. and And we in the United States... Uh, just struggle because we, we talk about it being freedom. Anyway, this is in some ways beside the point because the real purpose of what I'm talking about is um, how people responded about cafeteria Mormonism. But it, it's just fascinating to me where it, this shouldn't be a big deal. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a, anyone who knows anything about this stuff. I'm not a sociologist. I, I'm I'm not. That's not my background, right? I'm a I have a master's in education. I'm getting a master's in social work. But I do think it's interesting that it's just such a minor inconvenience, and, and I don't know why we have to fight against it. Okay? Your views here are you're going to feel whatever you feel, but the point is it's just a minor inconvenience. It really is okay? to, to potentially help others. With that being said, members of the church have fought strongly against this right? Many of them, not all of them, of course, but many, if not most of them, here in Utah at least, have fought strongly against the idea that leaders of the church can issue a statement that that contradicts their political beliefs, which again, I, I don't necessarily understand how wearing a mask is political, but whatever. People are adamant that church leaders shouldn't tell them what to do here. And so the whole point of what Patrick Mason tweeted, which I absolutely agree with, is, hey, Mormon people, you're picking and choosing what commandments you want to keep. And some people will be like, it's not a commandment because it didn't come from the prophet. It's like, okay, well, he delegated keys and authority, whatever you want to say, to these general authority 70s. Well, yeah, but they're not, this is not a commandment, this is a suggestion. Okay, that's fine. So if you want to take that approach, then we can say the exact same thing about how the church asked you to ask members of its church here in Utah to vote against a bill allowing medical marijuana in the state of Utah. The church recently did that. They had a whole, it said a Salt Lake City law firm, which is the law firm that they own, Curtin McConkie. It's their law firm. It's the church's law firm. It just doesn't have their name on it. But they did this whole thing saying, marijuana's bad because blah, 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 blah. And then they said, we strongly encourage Utahns to vote against this. And fascinatingly, many Utahns said, you know what? No, I'm still going to do this. And that remember, that includes uh, Latter-day Saints or and non-Latter-day Saints, non-Mormon people in Salt Lake. Salt Lake's a majority non-Mormon now, which is so many reasons why I want to move there. But uh, this bill gets passed, and then the state government that's overwhelmingly like 90% Mormon says, you know what, Uh, we're going to change it. Well, hey, we voted for it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're just going to do whatever we want. Okay, cool. Or not just that, but the church, when I was joining in 2008, made a humongous deal about Proposition 8 in California uh, asking its members there to vote against legalizing same-sex marriage. And they call it same-sex marriage then, right? I mean, that's what the church called it. It's just such a a way to marginalize the queer community. But anyway, the point is is that liberal, quote-unquote, liberal members of the church said, you know what? No, I'm not going to vote like this because I have my own conscience and I don't agree. And they were called out strongly by uh, faithful, remember, quote, faithful members of the church. And Uh, demonized and called cafeteria mormons now some people wonder you know where does this cafeteria mormon idea comes from well surprise it comes from the man himself russell nelson back before he was uh before he was president nelson back when he was just elder nelson 2011 said this he said teach of faith to keep all the commandments of god italicized knowing that they are given to bless his children and bring them joy it says, warn them, warn, anytime. remember what I said, anytime there's a warning, it seems like there's going to be fear induced afterwards, warn them that they will encounter people who pick which commandments they will keep and ignore others that they choose to break. I got so many thoughts on that. I call this the cafeteria approach to obedience. That's, I feel like that's such like an old man thing, he's going to like hometown buffet and there's like a, a bunch of food that he could choose and he chooses, you know, a salad and some prunes instead of like uh, some roast beef and, I don't know, mashed potatoes. He for sure had funeral potatoes, though. He is deeply Mormon after all. But anyway, he says, this practice of picking and choosing will not work. It will lead to misery. To prepare to meet God, one keeps all, again, italicized, of his commandments. It takes faith to obey them. And keeping his commandments will strengthen that faith. Who boy. Um, we'll have to do another podcast on obedience uh, for sure. But let me just say, if you think that you aren't picking and choosing which commandments to keep every single day, you're wrong. Let's just list maybe, uh, let's just list a dozen of the commandments that Mormons are asked to keep. We're supposed to do, read our scriptures every day. We're supposed to say our prayers every day. We're supposed to go to the temple as often as possible. We're supposed to do family history work. We're supposed to serve our neighbor. We're supposed to, uh, what else are we supposed to do? Shoot, take care of our families. We're supposed to get obtain as much education as possible. You're supposed to work and provide for your family. You're supposed to, uh, what else? I mean, you name it. I wish I had other people to bounce ideas off of me. I guess I'm not keeping all the commandments because they're not fresh on my mind. But the idea being, that there are a lot of things that mormons are asked to do so let's just take a typical day let's just say it's not during a pandemic the temples are open okay because that's important here say i have to do everything the church asks me to do i'm an 18 year old kid i'm a senior in high school and i i'm asked to do everything the church wants me to do so you wake up at what 4:30, so you can go to the temple and to go do baptisms, but you before that, you have to make sure you do your family history because of course they want you to bring your own temple names. And so you do your own temple names at four thirty, then you go to the temple, you do the baptisms. While you're there, you' it's the super long line, so you get some time to study the scriptures. Awesome. You're done by seventh seven. okay? You get home, you get ready for the day whatever, or you go right to school. Then you're at school from, you know, nine or whatever. What time does school start? I forgot. It's like, not like I taught last year or anything. Eight. You're there at 7.55, 7.45, and you're teaching. Sorry, you're not teaching. I'm teaching. I was teaching. I'm not teaching anymore immersively. Not because, I mean, I like my students, but man, seminary is a fiasco. Anyway, at 7.45, you're in school all day from 7.45 to 2.15. At 2.15, Okay, remember at a couple of the schools I was at, you you had a thirty-minute lunch, but at two fifteen you have your extracurricular stuff. So you have sports or drama or dance or whatever, and then you're done with that. Let's say about 5 o'clock. You get home. You you really have only had thirty minutes to eat all day, so you have some food. Now it's uh you know five thirty, whatever. You shower. It's six o'clock. Six o'clock, and now you're asked to um you know, do all of your homework because you have to obtain as much education as possible and your parents won't let you, uh, get your diploma or sorry, won't let you get your driver's license until you get your diploma or I don't know some stupid crap. Okay. Just trying to show you how much stuff. Oh yeah. Personal progress. That's yeah, exactly. You have to do that or else you won't get your license. That's what I meant. You guys know, I don't like go back and edit these. I just say it and then I post them. I don't take the time to, to relook at them anyway. So you're doing your homework and, and you have a lot today, right? You have like a big test and you, whatever, you were caught up doing other stuff the last couple of days. And so you're visiting your grandma or something. And so now you're backed up. You have three hours worth of homework. So now it's nine o'clock. You haven't done anything for yourself all day. And oh crap, you still have to serve your neighbor, right? So you bake them some cookies really quick and you take them across the street and you do that. Oh, it's family home evening. You missed it because I don't know. I'm just, you see what I'm saying? The point that I'm making is, every single day, you have to make choices of which commandments you're going to keep. You have to. You. Keep, it's impossible to do all the things that the Mormon church has asked you to do. You can't do it in one day. And even if you do do it in one day, try doing it every day for a week. You will snap, right? Like, it's just going to happen. It's overload. In fact, I saw an article a couple of days ago that said, uh, ways to cope with gospel burnout. And I just think... <laughs> what i mean i'm not laughing at the fact that you're burnt out i'm just saying do we see how stupid this is like the gospel is supposed to be helpful to you it's not supposed to burn you out if you're burnt out that's not the gospel that's the church but that's not the gospel and anyway it's just it's just a mess so my point is is that every single day we are picking and choosing because in that hypothetical situation that i just gave you that was a mess But you also forgot to do missionary work because, you know, you're supposed to like that's the most important duty. That's what it says. Right. Preach my gospel. And you're supposed to be preparing for that. And also you had like a a bishop meeting or something with like the young men and you had to plan it. I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? There's so much to do. You can never do it all. And so for Nelson to say picking and choosing the commandments is wrong and you have to keep all of them to be good is just not possible. But what his statement did do was create a way for quote-unquote faithful or quote-unquote orthodox Mormons to judge people who openly disagree with the church's stance on certain things. Well, you're just a cafeteria Mormon. You just pick and choose as if they're not doing it too. So all of that background leads up to what I posted, right, just saying I know who my audience is on Facebook. I know that this is like the super conservative, Republican, ultra-uber-Mormon crowd. I just wanted to see how they responded, as well as encourage mask wearing, as well as uh, encourage them to stop being so mean to others that, that, quote, disobey when they are as well. But instead of that, I got just not. Blasted is not the right word, because that would imply that I was defenseless. And the truth is that I always win my arguments. Nobody beats me. (laughs) I mean, sometimes they do, but Rachel's for sure rolling her eyes at that. But I just, I hate losing arguments, and I have fun doing it. Like, it truly energizes me. And so my point is, is that I wasn't being blasted. They were maybe attempting to blast me, but it wasn't working. And so all of this is just to say, I think it's absolutely fascinating that so many people think that they're not cafeteria Mormons when they really are. So many people think that it's okay to disobey the leaders of the church when it comes to mask wearing, but not okay to disobey leaders of the church and other entities and other aspects. Well, why? Why? Why, why would that, what's different? And so I, I don't know what to tell you guys about this other than I think we're actually all a lot closer, uh, which sounds shocking because it seems in so many ways like people are, are more distant and spread out from each other than they, they were for years. Um, but I actually think we're closer to each other than we maybe want to believe uh, we have way more similar thoughts. We uh, all disobey in certain ways. We all obey in other ways. We all pick and choose. And, I mean, I don't really know exactly what I, I want to say about this other than I just don't see there being room for, for uh, liberal or nuanced Mormons to feel comfortable At church especially here in Utah but people often say they're like you know it's different if you go outside well I you know I live as a missionary for two years in North Carolina I, I lived in California that's where I joined the church and in a lot of ways it is different it does feel like a maybe more of a community where they're they defend each other and they help each other they protect each other but the truth is is that the thinking is the same wherever you go. The Utah culture is Mormon culture. That is, I really believe that, that in so many ways what's happening here in Utah is what leaders of the church want. And And they, so many of them are from Utah themselves, so they perpetuate the culture. They could change it. You know the leaders of the church right now, if they really cared, could issue some statement and say, if you criticize another person, for voting uh, contrary to what we asked them to you're excommunicated if they really wanted to they could do that i don't think they should but i'm just saying they could take drastic and dramatic uh action to change the culture if they wanted but instead it seems like they fuel the current culture and make effort to oppress any opposition to the current culture There's so much evidence for this. I mean, you can see it just in the way that I taught in seminary and how I was ridiculed for being a normal human, for having normal thoughts and normal ideas and and thinking outside the box. Well, that's just seminary. Well, it's not, though, right? Because I wrote a letter to Elder Uchtdorf, who read it, and and passed it on to Elder Clark, who was in charge of church education, and his comment was, trust your leaders. I'm like, well... (laughs) I'm writing to you about my leaders because I don't trust my leaders. And his comment was, trust them. And I'm like, I, I can't. That's why I'm writing to you guys. The point is they, they don't want to look under the, the hood and they don't want to see things differently because there's a lot of people that would be offended by that. And if people are offended at taking these, again, quote, liberal, because they're not even liberal. They're just basic human rights type positions. And United States liberalism is like, centrist views in the rest of the world <laughs> right the point is though is that the church could change but they don't want to cafeteria mormonism applies to everybody but people don't want to see that i don't want to believe that they want to have a club to shame liberal people and uh somebody else tweeted recently they said uh that utah county is way more republican when all is said and done than it is mormon And they line up with Mormonism when it lines up with their conservatism. And the more time that goes on, the more I think that's true. I mean, you can see it from masks as just one example. So listen, this has maybe gone on, I mean, not too long in terms of time, but I don't know if I have anything more significant to say other than, uh, and most of this probably wasn't significant anyway. But I just think it's interesting this idea of cafeteria Mormonism uh, being applied only to liberal people and not to all Mormons. And uh, and then the the irony of conservative, orthodox-type Mormon people saying it's okay to disobey prophets here, but not thinking that through of how that applies elsewhere. Because you get stuck in a conundrum really quick where it's like, well, if it's okay to, to disobey prophets, which I'm not dis- disagreeing with, I agree that you... Should think for yourself, and you should make up your own decisions. And if you're in opposition to the church leaders because what you feel is right, based on you know any number of things, based on other people, based on uh, your kind, your compassion for other people, I mean, based on scripture, based on science, whatever, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's not the point that I'm arguing. The point that I'm I'm making is that I think it's interesting that there's like this open open door to question prophets in this regard, but not elsewhere. Because as soon as you start questioning some of these things that leaders of the church do and say and teach, you, you have to start looking and questioning and evaluating all the other stuff. Because it's it's everything. They teach so much and they've said so much and often they've been so wrong <laughs> about polygamy, about the temple and, and priesthood ban about um probably honestly i mean not probably i i really feel like they're not right about uh the lgbt issue if you want to call it that i i I just think there's no scriptural evidence for that for their stance uh they can quote each other all day long but again prophets have been wrong about many things many times in the past and so that to me isn't enough of a reliable source, especially when research over and over and over shows the harmfulness and toxicity of Mormon teachings on the LGBT community. And so I guess I'll just say uh, we'll have to obviously talk about that one later, but wear a mask. You're a cafeteria Mormon. If you're listening to this podcast, you've for sure, probably not for sure, but I'm guessing you agreed with what I tweeted in the first place. But I just think that the way that Mormon people think is is fascinating, and by fascinating, I I also mean sad and disheartening and confusing and just not right. Like, is I mean, they think accurately as a Mormon person, but I don't think they think accurately as a Christian person. Anyway have a uh, great day. Maybe I'll make this a double episode on Monday and just release it. Thanks. Dang it, guys. I uh, ended that last little part and then as soon as I did, I thought, oh, I should follow up. Last night I was scrolling through Twitter on my secret account that nobody knows because how to create a fake one since I um, I tweeted a thread about how seminary is stupid and seminary leaders are stupid and it like went crazy and uh it like got around a, a bunch of places like I had seminary teachers texting me and institute teachers texting me being like I'm sorry I didn't mean to I'm like no I don't I mean I I accept your apology but we're never going to be friends and uh anyway and then it ended up getting back to um just some other people and so I, I had to go private and I thought you know I just want to tweet my thoughts without uh, having any worry about it getting back to people. So you don't know my account. But anyway, I was scrolling through uh, Twitter, and I saw this, <laughs> this post that I think is just so accurate. Uh, they said, Jesus Christ himself could appear on a flaming chariot and say, hey, wear a mask and stay home. And Mormons would still say no. And also, if you're Jesus, why are you Middle Eastern? <laughs> Because we're so obsessed right with being christian, but our our Jesus is white and he has blue eyes. <laughs> the actual Jesus in the Bible videos you know he has red hair like he's he they had to dye his hair, and why do they speak with British accents that's <laughs> what like has anyone ever been from the like as a leader of the Mormon church? Have they ever been to Jerusalem? do they see what people look like there? They don't look like a a white dude with red hair from orem <laughs> like and there's so much to say also why is mary whenever she gives birth to jesus always like perfectly like like she just looks perfect and like like attractive like she just gave birth like mary's like the hottest thing on planet earth it's like wow the mother of jesus jesus literally said in scripture that he there is no beauty that we should desire him meaning he's not attractive at least based on some understanding of what being attractive means the point is, though, I think it's hilarious because I, I agree. I, it, I I don't agree. I well, no, I do agree. Let me tell you why I agree with that. I disagree in the sense that if if Mormons really recognize Jesus, I do think they would they would uh, arguably listen to him, right? I I think that for the most part, Mormons do love Jesus or at least say they love Jesus, and so I believe that they, if Jesus literally did come down in a flaming chariot and said, wear a mask, most Mormon people would. Um, but I also will say that no way they would, because Jesus himself says in Matthew 25, he talks about all of these things, right? Like, on, the day will come that you'll be on my right hand and on my left hand, and those on my right hand will be my my sheep and those on my left will be my goats or whatever. Oh, I don't. Is that supposed to be like a diss? I don't, but anyway, the point is that those on the right are the are those basically that were quote saved by Jesus were the ones who uh, saw him. He's like, you. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. Right? Remember that in Matthew 25. And then the people that are that are faithful, right? The ones that are saved say. When? When did we see that? We didn't we didn't see you, Jesus. Like, we, we never saw you. And, and he said, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Meaning, when you see these people that are hungry, the homeless, they're poor, you see people in prison, you see people that are marginalized and, and demonized and, and viewed as crappy, when you treat them... However, you treat them is how you treat me. That's the whole message. So, I absolutely think that Mormon people would lose Jesus and they would ignore Jesus because the most marginalized among us are Jesus. That is the message that Jesus is sharing. He's like, You want to listen to me? Yeah, I do, Jesus. Cool. Listen to the most marginalized. Listen to the poor and the hungry and the thirsty and the weak and the naked. Like, I'm, you know, maybe even literally he means naked. I don't know. But the point is you listen to the most marginalized. And I don't think Mormons are good at that. I don't. Which is sad because Mormons have been historically marginalized. Although they have often brought it on by themselves. Like Joseph Smith is not the martyr we think he is. Like he was killed for multiple reasons. One, because he was a freaking polygamist. Two, because he was changing the whole political out atmosphere of Missouri, which was a slave state. And way back when, Mormons weren't racist. Mormons act, well, at, not like they were with Brigham Young and, and later, right, until 1978 and still on, because even Mormons now can't say Black Lives Matter. A lot, a lot of them can't say Black Lives Matter. Probably you, if you're listening, can. But what I'm trying to say is, is that Mormon people have been in some ways marginalized in their life. You would think that they would be understanding, compassionate, merciful, what have you. But instead, they side with those in power. They side with conservatism and republicanism and and what have you, instead of looking at honest ways to tear down a system that's historically marginalized people and hurt people. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know if Mormons would get the message. Right, I just don't know if they would really truly see Jesus because I don't think they're seeing him in the most marginalized. And I know what the name of the church says, that you worship Jesus, but Jesus isn't white. He does not have blue eyes. He's not a redhead from freaking Salem. This is not who Jesus is. And uh, he certainly doesn't have a British accent. And I don't think Jesus would be necessarily super happy with how mormons act in his name now um maybe in some ways but in a lot of ways i think jesus would not uh be proud of what he sees so anyway now i think i'm done hey thanks for listening I, I gave you a double episode today, uh, mainly because I wanted to get this out since it's uh, current, currently going on. But also, because uh, maybe it, it gives you something to do on a Monday. If you have anything you'd like me to talk about, uh, you can leave. I think a voice memo here. You can just go to like the little show notes and like click a little button. I think it leaves a voice memo if you if you want to uh, to have your thoughts on the show. But you could also just uh, message me on Facebook. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, let me know what you'd like me to talk about. Let me know how things are going. Uh, let me know if you want me to stop doing this. Or let me know if um, I should keep doing it. Have a happy rest of your Monday, guys.